Hi, I'm Pastor Anna Sorensen, and this is the French Creek Lutheran Church Podcast. This is the place where I will post Sunday messages and other messages for the congregation. This podcast began in March of 2020 as we entered into the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for joining. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops to destroy those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and they gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called but few are chosen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Every week, as we get closer to Advent, the church season that comes before Christmas, the teachings get harder. Advent is a season of repentance, and leading into Advent, we often get judgment parables. So here we are again in the fall with yet another judgment parable from Matthew. I start today with a confession. I was on a Zoom call with pastors and deacons from around the Midwest two weeks ago studying this text. One of them read the text and as he finished I sighed and then I muttered to myself, I hate this parable. I thought my headset was muted. It was not muted. All my colleagues laughed, in part because we were all thinking the same thing. This is a hard text. When I was recording the reading of the gospel for our video worship, my son, who was running the video camera, said to me after I read it, Why didn't the king just give him a wedding robe? 
Why indeed? This is a hard parable. It's a common motif in scripture to use a wedding reception as an allegory for the kingdom of heaven. A marriage feast echoes all the feasts through scripture. We read from Isaiah about the feast the Lord sets upon the mountain, a feast in which grief is taken away. We remember the wedding at Cana in which Jesus turned water into wine. We remember the Last Supper. We remember the meal on the road to Emmaus, the feeding of the 5,000, and of course, the marriage feast of the Lamb of God from the book of Revelation. Feasts and banquets are so often scriptural metaphors for the kingdom of God, and here the king is so insistent upon a celebration that he gets a little bit awed. Now I want to remind you that this parable is told after Jesus has entered Jerusalem on the back of a donkey to applause and adulation to people. It's told prior to his betrayal, his passion, his death. This is a holy week parable. This is a parable for a people who are about to kill the king's son. This is a parable for us. In this parable, the king throws a wedding feast for his son. He invites all the important people, all the people he knows, the people who must be seen at your event. He invites the mayor and his wife. He invites the senator and her husband. He invites the most prominent business owner and his whole family. The king invites all his fraternity brothers and even his wife's distant cousins, his favorite shop owner, and his stockbroker. Everyone who is anyone gets an invitation. And mostly, they don't want to go to the wedding. Some are too busy. Others are too important. Some can't close up the shop for the evening. Some even kill the courier who hand delivers the letters. I mean, this is not cool. The king is upset, but the party must go on. All who say no to the invitation are out. They are destroyed. The invitation is given to others. The couriers go out into the streets and invite anyone they can find, both good and bad. Oh boy, this parable is going to mess with our ideas about the kingdom of heaven being reserved for people who are good. Everyone gets an invitation. It doesn't matter if they are important. It doesn't matter if they have earned it. It doesn't matter if all the other guests think they are, they are going to get drunk and steal the wedding presents. This king kind of reminds me of Oprah. You get an invitation. You get an invitation. You get an invitation. You get an invitation. Come one. Come all. 
as a pastor, it is my calling. And it is literally my job to proclaim the gospel. Here it is. You are invited to the banquet. If you are important, an invitation. If you are not important, an invitation. If you are good, an invitation. If you are bad, an invitation. If you are worthy, an invitation. Unworthy, an invitation. You are invited. The king is absolutely determined to have a party. And the king wants everyone there. Now, of course, the allegory of this parable stretches our credulity. The mailman is killed when he delivers the wedding invitation. That is seen as a nuisance to some. Then, the host of the wedding has those non-attenders killed. And yet, the party goes on despite the violence. Come one and come all. This reading ends with a mini parable. A parable within a parable. A wedding guest who is not prepared to celebrate the wedding. He has no wedding robe. This man was invited in, but he decided to come on his own terms. Why is he not in a wedding robe? We do not know. I have, on very rare occasion, eaten in a restaurant that has a dress code. Well, maybe once in my life. In these places, the maitre d' has a supply of suit coats to loan to anyone who arrives to dine without proper attire. And so it is at the marriage feast of the Lamb of God. We are not invited without being covered in a festive robe. Yet this parable points to the very possibility that we might find ourselves at the feast without being willing to celebrate. Why is this man not dressed for a party? Has he refused the maitre d's coat because he can't be bothered to rub elbows with all the ne'er-do-wells that have showed up? He doesn't want to be lumped together with all these peons who have never even learned to use a salad fork? I don't know. I don't really know why this guy isn't in the festive robe, but I do believe that it was offered to him because all the other addicts and prostitutes and looters somehow got proper attire as they came in. And I'm pretty sure they couldn't afford to go out and buy some on the way. This guy isn't ready to celebrate. The bouncers make quick work of him. He's out on his backside in the darkness. C.S. Lewis wrote an allegory, a book called The Great Divorce. The Great Divorce, according to Lewis, is the divide between heaven and hell, and in his allegory, hell is a dreary place. It's gray. Every time people get into an argument with a neighbor, they get up and move until the people are further and further separated from one another by their self-centeredness. 
But there is a bus. There is a bus that runs from a bus stop in hell to a bus stop in heaven. And this allegory ex follows the people who get on the bus and take a field trip to heaven. Most of the people choose not to even get on the bus. Many of Hal's residents can hardly believe that they have died or that they're in Hal. It's not so bad as all that, they think. In contrast, heaven is bright. And it is nearly unbearable for those who decide to take the bus ride up. One man, for instance, sees an acquaintance that he knew in his earthly life. And he cannot handle the thought that this acquaintance could be here in heaven. For the man had been a murderer. He protests that he was a good and upright man. Well, his acquaintance, the murderer, invites him to recognize his own sin, he cannot. And so he chooses to get on the bus and return to the dreary monotony of hell. In C.S. Lewis's imaginings, people often prefer hell and death that they know over the light that illumines the deepest places of our souls. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is an invitation, a wedding banquet invitation. It's an invitation that arrives every single day again and again and again. But just because you got an invitation does not mean you are a wedding guest. The invitation is simply a summons to the banquet. It is a summons to the unending marriage feast for the Lamb of God. It is an invitation both to the good and the bad. It is not an invitation that comes by status or by merit or by goodness. Did you know that Yale University has an acceptance rate of 7.5%? And UW-Madison has an acceptance rate of 51.7%. Just over half of the people who apply get to get in. But the Kingdom of Heaven, the acceptance rate is 100%. Father Robert Fur Kappen says this about this parable. The only ones who will not enjoy the marriage supper of the Lamb are those who in the very thick of its festivities refuse to believe that they are at it. Jesus isn't picky. The Holy Spirit has no restrictions. God will take anyone who shows up. Thanks be to God. Come. This is the marriage feast of the Lamb of God.